0: welcome to mecca talks your access all areas pass to the beauty business and lifestyle experts we call our community i'm kate blythe chief marketing officer here at mecca and your host Hi, everyone. Today, Wednesday, March the 8th, marks a huge moment in the global calendar and the Mecca calendar, and that is International Women's Day. So themes of gender equality and female empowerment are top of mind for us every day here at Mecca, especially through Mecca Empower, our social change movement, which exists to champion equality and opportunity for women and girls. It's a day where the entire world is forced to stop and recognise the progress or lack thereof that has been made to create a world where women and non-binary people are afforded the same privileges and opportunities as men. As of 2022, the World Economic Forum estimated that it will take 132 years to achieve global gender equality. To put that into context, 132 years ago, in 1890, commercial production of the first gasoline-powered car began. The world's first traffic lights were installed in London, and New Zealand was about to become the first country in the world to grant women a right to vote. Today, while thousands of women attended breakfasts, luncheons and seminars to celebrate, empower, share their stories and create drive for change, it is so important to remember that gender inequality is an everyday issue and needs to be confronted head on, not only by female identifying people, but by men too. In celebration of the incredibly driven, entrepreneurial, creative and inspiring women we have featured on this podcast to date, in today's bonus episode of Mecca Talks, I'll be sharing 10 incredible lessons we've learned from the likes of Zoe Foster-Blake, Jenna Lyons, Morgan Mitchell, Clementine Ford, Natalie Massonet, and more incredible women leading the charge. Let's get into it. Number one. Our first lesson comes from iconic feminist writer, broadcaster, public speaker and skincare enthusiast Clementine Ford, who shares the moment she realized she no longer wanted to be quiet. My family moved around a lot when I was
1: growing up because of my dad's job, so I lived in the Middle I grew up in the Middle East. I lived in England for a couple of years and then we ended up in Australia. And that is a very tough thing for a kid to go through, but it's yeah. also incredibly fortifying. and it's, Resilience, right? Yeah, you, like you increase your resilience, you learn how to, even if you're feeling deeply insecure inside, you learn how to go into a new environment and just kind of like steel yourself against mm-hmm. it. And I think that um, one of the things that helped me, I guess, was that, you know, we all of us have some experience when we're adolescents of feeling in, you know, shy about expressing ourselves. And again, particularly as girls, we, we become very used to our opinions if they are, the stronger they are being met with ridicule or being met with um, derision. But one of the things that I just sort of happened, I guess, naturally was when I was 16, I just moved to schools again. And I just got sick of being quiet mm-hmm. all the time. I just got sick and tired of not saying things so as not to draw attention to myself. Because you know, I was smart at school and I had opinions. I just wasn't sharing them and then I just did it one day. And How did it make you feel? Well, I remember th- this girl at school who I actually ended up becoming friends with shared an opinion in English class. It's it sounds so like ridiculous and obviously like people go through way worse stuff than this. But I, sh- I said something and I heard her from across the room say, and I'm not making this up, I know it sounds made up, but she said to one of the other girls, who, why, who does she think she is? She's new. <laughs> And, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I am new, And maybe that's who I could be. Now, yeah, you know, we Women and girls are always told who we are. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of support for us to figure out who we are by ourselves. So we conform often. But one thing that we're all attracted to is this idea of reinvention, which is why I love makeup so much as yeah. well. That, you know, you can use I it love to reinvent that. yourself. And I feel like maybe in that moment I was just like, yeah, I am new, mm. And this is who I can be. I can actually be that person who uses their voice. And once I started doing it, I said this in my first book, once I started doing it, I realized that no matter how frightening it is, and no matter how much vitriol you attract because of it, and certainly throughout my career, I've received some of the most shocking abuse in terms of messages and descriptions of things meant wow. men want to do to me. But it really does just kind of like wash off my back now, because there's I realized there's nothing you can there's nothing someone can say to you about how you look, about what they want to do to you, about, you know, your mental health. There's nothing they can say that makes you feel worse than sitting there and being complicit in your own silence and mm-hmm. not saying what's inside you because you're afraid. And people, women are afraid for very good reason. I'm not saying that if you don't speak up because of fear that there's something wrong with you, I get it. What I'm saying is that if you can challenge yourself to break out of that fear and face the fear at least for the first time. The first time you do it is the worst time you'll do it. Yeah. Because the more you do it, the more you're actually like, this is great. It's so great to use my for voice. Sure.
0: I don't care what they say about me. Our second lesson is from Flex Mommy, a.k.a. Lil Ahenken, whose career as an influencer, author, media personality, broadcaster, founder, businesswoman and professional opinion haver continues to flourish as a product of her unwavering sense of self and beaming confidence.
2: Yeah I'm not really about that filter lifestyle I totally understand being a woman or a feminine presenting person under the patriarchy and knowing exactly what you need to do to survive to be seen as one person that's allowed to take up space the world hates ugly people and the world hates people who don't conform so I understand the pressure to want to just add a little filter, add a Little something that gives you the illusion of being one of the many, and so I totally get it as a tool for safety, hundred percent. But I think that one thing that's for sure is like pain and suffering and dislike. And I think we have to challenge ourselves to get really comfortable or to learn tools and skills that make us more able to appreciate how we actually are. I think it actually takes work and it takes a commitment to doing so. Nobody wakes up feeling confident. You make commitments every day to allow yourself and the world to see you as you truly are. And then validation helps and an acknowledgement helps. But for me, I was very lucky to be raised in a very affirming household. My mom took very many strides to ensure that I liked myself. I mean, and she did it in ways that like made me hyper aware in ways that I didn't want to be. Like, for example, I remember she used to have this thing about me wearing earrings. She's like, oh, I just like hate when pretty girls and like put on a, put on an earring and, and go out into the world with a full look. I'm like, it's not necessary. She definitely made me learn to walk in heels <laughs> when I was like 13. She's like, it's a good skill to learn. But in the same vein, you know, she never <laughs> she never let me get braces. She was like, these are your teeth. They're really beautiful. Where we're from, that's a sign of, you know, beauty to have a gap in your teeth. So no, I'm not gonna let these western and beauty standards convince you that you need to change your teeth with my features, with my body. She's like, I know what like what the vibe is here in the west but where we're from a curvy woman is seen as attractive you're so beautiful to me she's like i know what people think and perceive about darker skin tones here but where we're from you have like you're so beautiful and so whether or not i believed it at the
0: time she sounds incredible she's
2: honestly the best like <laughs> she's so cool but whether or not i yeah, believe it
0: sounds which she needs her own podcast
2: whether or not i believed it at 8 9 10 11 12 15 whatever it was instilled so by the time it mattered i was like oh wait like oh i forgot i wasn't the beauty standard like i thought
3: i was cute
0: (laughs) number three is she's on the money's victoria divine with her advice for women and girls to embrace financial ownership and empowerment in their relationships
4: so women live longer than men so on average you're gonna end up having to manage the finances at some point and that point I see so many women overwhelmed and insecure and not sure how to deal with it. I don't want it to be a morbid point, but like at some point in your life, putting the finances in your name is going to happen. Whether you go through a divorce because one in one in two marriages unfortunately dissolve, like you're going to need to know how to do this stuff. I'm not saying you need to do it. Like you can absolutely give it to your boyfriend, but you need to know how to do it. Yeah. You don't need to know every month how to pay the bill you might go you know what that's an admin task I want my partner to run yeah fab do you, yeah, know, how yeah. exactly. do you yeah. know how to pay bill exactly do you know how to pay the bill do you know what BP is do you know how your internet banking works do yeah. you know what's coming in do you just know starting with the small stuff and yeah. building up exactly it? and just knowing like I'm not saying that you have to do it all the time because often people say to me oh but Victoria like my partner runs that I'm not going to take it off him no but you're going to learn you're going to learn how to do those things. So if ever you're in the situation where your boyfriend's like, you know what, I can't, can't do that, got too much on my plate, you go, no worries, I've got it, I'll just get it done. I want you to know how much is in your bank account. Mm-hmm. I want you to know if you're in any debt and what that means and, you know, how can you help yourself? We're not saying take it all over and take
0: control of it. I just want you to be empowered to know how to do it <laughs> Incoming at number four is beloved author, beauty editor and founder of GoTo, Zoe Foster-Blake. In one of our most popular episodes to date, Zoe shares her tips for finding your niche and carving out your own gap in the market, no matter how small or simple.
5: I think I've always said that finding a gap or noticing an area that there's something lacking. I used to remember mixing my fake tan with my body lotion and, and making my own gradual tanner before that existed. And then I remember Johnson & Johnson came out with the first Gradual channel. I'm like, damn it, (laughs) I was doing that. And I think if you look around, I think that's why there's so many entrepreneurs who are um, parents because they're in that world of new babies and all the confusion and the tech that comes with that and they start hacking and making their own things and then that becomes a business idea because they noticed something wasn't working or lacking and that's definitely what I tried to do with GoTo so I would say look for gaps things that you think could make a difference and could make things easier and, and better for people would be the obvious one I also think that specificity is really key at a time when there is so much out there so much choice like we can buy something from Denmark in 10 minutes and have it on our doorstep in a few days you have to be really good at something and we started off with a very tight range for that point but of course as you grow and people want more from you you expand those SKUs out but if you are just gonna be, you know, the, the, the nude, um, you know, the, the, the simple, clear, polished girl, be, be that. You know, if you're gonna just do chocolate cakes, do that. Like, don't be afraid to be incredibly specific about what you wanna do. Um, and I think they're the success stories, is often when someone is really laser-focused and single-minded on something. And of course it grows out from there and it evolves and changes, but don't think that you have to launch with a whole thing. Just start with one. <laughs>
0: Renowned fashion designer, creative director, love scene founder and soon real housewife of New York, Jenna Lyons is number five, with her story of becoming the creative director of J.Crew at just 36
6: years old and finding her feet in the position of leadership. It, interesting enough, I think a lot of young people that I meet, they have so much, they have such high expectations to be able to accomplish so much so young. And I feel like, I think it's hard, you know... Uh, it was hard. I can honestly say I fumbled a lot. Um, I made so many mistakes. I made personnel and people mistakes. I, you know, I was, it did not happen overnight and it was not easy. I think anytime you get promoted or anytime you take on a much bigger role, it takes six months to a year to really settle in before you understand how to, you know, push and pull the system. You know, I think um, the biggest mistake I made and the hardest part is, you know, when you are taking on a much bigger role, you're still used to the grind and the way that you, you have this well-worn path of how you function, the kinds of things you want to sign off on, you want to see, you want to be involved in, but there's just not a possibility to do that when you take on a bigger role. And that process of learning how to give up and give people more headway, but also then step up and do other things, it just, it takes a while. And I, I really stumbled and 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 fumbled around that for a while it's it's so hard um so I think you know while on the outside it might look like I was incredibly successful right away it's just not the case I really did um have to work very hard at figuring out um just how to be a new kind of boss and how to still be me and how to be you know encouraging and welcoming but also not micromanaging but uh, not taking my hands off the wheel too much it's such a delicate balance to strike and yeah it's definitely i, I for anyone who's doing it give yourself a give yourself a beat because it's really it's really hard
0: six my former boss and mentor natalie Massine, one of the world's most successful and respected entrepreneurs and the brain behind net and now imaginary ventures natalie makes for an incredible case study in team culture and leadership here's what she had to say in our interview with her
7: well, I think it's imperative and important because, you know, in order to get something done that is greater than yourself, you can't do it alone. You, you do need people to come and, and join you on that journey. And everybody has their own motivations on uh, why they want to do something. And ultimately, it's for them to have a better life, to have a mortgage, to, you know, be able to go on vacation and, and take care of themselves and their family and their friends and, And so you have to get everyone who is thinking about how something is great for them and not ignore that, take that very seriously, but at the same time, give everyone a common point of purpose and a common point, a common goal and a reason why you have that common goal and so that you feel great about focusing such an enormous part of your time. on on doing this thing, which is not you laying in a hammock with a tequila uh, on the beach. (laughs) I (laughs) Um, wish. (laughs) I think making it fun, making it purposeful, um, making it personal, making people, you know, value their time and what they're doing. I think this is culture i think if you read a book about how to start a business and there's a chapter called culture that feels so nebulous and so intangible and what are you talking about and um it's a little bit like inviting people over for dinner Mm -hmm. you open the door you welcome them you make them feel at home you you know you you get them the drink you know you don't wait for them to like go over and pour themselves something and you 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 serve them first. You um, you make sure that they're happy. That the temperature is right. That the lighting's good. That people look good in the lighting, and, <laughs> you know, and that you send people home before four in the morning, and <laughs> they get a good night's sleep. Um, I mean, just I think it's um, when you are putting together an organization of people, you have to think about how yeah. that group are going to coagulate and form a team. And I think there's a lot of lessons, obviously, in how coaches put together sports teams. And I always think of the all-stars, you know, whether it's soccer or basketball, where you take a big star of one team that used to compete with another team and you bring them together in the all-star and they have to form a team. And um, so I think the way that coaches do it with superstars and bringing them together Um, is something that I always look at in terms of team building, because you've got individuals and a team, and you have to think about how how that system works. Um, And I think it's a killer advantage, because if you've got somebody who who, decides, chooses, that they want to come and build the thing that you think might be worth building you know, they, they have choices, they have other things they have to do. So you have to thank them for for that, especially if you're going to be exigent and, and demand a lot from mm-hmm. your team. Our seventh lesson comes from Emma Lewisham of
0: her eponymous brand, who from New Zealand is taking over the world with her game-changing approach to, su- to sustainability in skincare, so much so that her personal hero, Dr Jane Goodall, took notice. Here's what Emma had to say about living out her dreams. You've obviously had incredible endorsement as well, and renowned environmentalist Dr Jane Goodall has even endorsed your brand.
8: You know, we learned about her and brownies she has always been an inspiration to me and someone when i was 10 years old the school speech competition i spoke about jane goodall the very first book that i bought my daughter who's now three they have these um, books on for young people around inspirational people with jane goodall and i when we had done this work i had a dream one night i know this sounds crazy and i was like a dream that i wrote to her and i told her what work we had done and what we had achieved and so I woke up in the morning and I said to Isabella a team member of ours who we were in Australia at the time I said I'm going to write to Dr Jane Goodall and I'm going to tell her about the work that we've done and so I did that reached out wrote her a letter and she replied and went, went from there we've done some work together She's asked me to sit on um, on a board of hers. She, we've done podcasts. She's she's an incredible woman, and so for her to say Emma Lewisham is paving the way for the beauty industry and represents what is a truly sustainable model, it was it's one of our most proudest moments.
0: How did it make you feel though, Emma? Because for the brand, amazing, but for you, who has always looked up to someone, that's like you know that is one of the one of life's magical moments. How did it make you feel?
8: Ah, oh, emotional. I come from a very, you know, humble background and with my family and I grew up in very small farming towns in New Zealand and I've had to always work incredibly hard. You know, even Emma Lewisham for three years I kept my job with our co-founder Kimberley and we worked every single night, every weekend, every Christmas holiday every spare hour on this business because we needed the money to be able to fuel it. So there was never any handouts for me and um, leg ups. And so it's truly been something that I've worked incredibly hard for. And so for to have that, you know, this young girl from this humble beginning, it, it's, it was pretty emotional. Still makes me emotional.
7: Mm-hmm.
0: Nadia Hernandez, the incredibly talented artist behind last year's Mecca Holiday Packaging and Campaign, is the woman behind our eighth lesson. Nadia shares her experience as a Venezuelan woman living far from home through various creative disciplines and mediums. Bursting with colour and energy, her work explores political narratives and family stories while celebrating culture, identity and togetherness. In this excerpt, Nadia offers advice on authenticity and being kind to oneself.
9: I think it's so hard because... I think one of the things that I've realized so that I've been working through as I step into like the sort of next chapter of of my career and my work and my womanhood
8: as Mm -hmm. well
9: is um, the amount of pressure that I've put on myself in the past to achieve certain things or to communicate a message. And like my one piece of advice or what I'm trying to unlearn or, you know, relearn within myself is just to be kind to yourself, you know, to have patience, to... To rest, to um, reflect, and to believe that like whatever small action and whatever feels authentic, mm-hmm. I think it's like whatever feels authentic to you, in in telling your story or in um, helping others or whatever that might look like. Just you know, like it's one step at a time. It doesn't yeah. have to happen overnight. Exactly, and yeah. it's like
0: a you know. To your point, it's a forever story, yeah, right? So exactly. it can continue to evolve. Yeah. And, and
9: it can change. And sometimes you don't get it right at the beginning, you know. Yeah. And yeah, you've got to make mistakes and keep going.
0: Number nine is the words of Olympian Morgan Mitchell, who has represented Australia in 400 and 800 metre races at the Olympics, Commonwealth Games and World Championships. Leading by example, Morgan paves the way for future female athletes.
3: It's quite funny. I always thought I would feel the pressure, but I don't feel it at all because it just goes back to being true to yourself. And for me, it's always just lead by example. Mm. And if I am, I know I, I know who I am. I am who I am. A <laughs> bit of a tongue twister, but <laughs> I know young athletes. I train with a lot of young athletes as well, so I can definitely vouch for this. But they see me just carrying on as Morgan. Yeah. And... I just want to lead by example in the way that people like, oh, she's just being herself. She's doing what she wants to do. She's not sitting down and giving seminars and this and that. And here's the book of how to become a professional athlete and change the world. It's just get about your business, do it in a way that is authentic to you. And people will naturally follow in a way that is authentic to them. And I feel like that's In my opinion, probably the best way to lead Mm. is just, yeah, by
0: example. And And try to enjoy it as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. If you've got that talent and you've got that, like, focus, yeah, it's pretty exciting for young athletes upcoming. I mean, it opens up your world.
3: Yeah, 100%. And one thing I love to showcase is that you can run, you can be professional, but you can also have fun. And that sport does come with great opportunities and I want the next generation to see that is that if I again actually commit to rowing yeah hey son if you're listening <laughs> to this I'll I tell him to listen to this
0: give him some words <laughs> of advice
3: it's crazy who you can connect with like the people yeah. I met this year oh my gosh I remember I got back from America just lying in bed like what the hell is my life yeah all because of running and that's one thing I want people to understand is especially young women because obviously i think the age that females drop off is in high school so around that 14 15 yeah. they want to party and give yeah. it up it's like no 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 no. no, no, no. the party will always be, it'll always be there but yeah. if you commit to stuff like this the partying gets better yeah you're you 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 partying party with level. rihanna yeah. no you're not gonna be partying oh my with, the, you know, gosh you like, you make <laughs> some
5: high school <laughs> yes.
3: some shout out the ESPY's after party like that's all just from commitment yeah. and hard work and it definitely pays off it took me 10 years sure but i would not change my upbringing my life my journey for anything yeah now that i'm here
0: at number 10 our final lesson comes from face gym founder inga theron with advice for mothers trying to balance it all and face the feelings of guilt that can come along with being a working mother inga gets candid as she shares her experience as a successful female entrepreneur
10: and i think as a female entrepreneur now, there might be many people listening during the week is so difficult and every day you start with guilt. Yeah. Because you might have missed something, it's the one pound for the charity you would have missed or the poor thing was meant to go in as a unicorn or a, or a space person and you forgot and all the homework <laughs> that she didn't do because you're busy and sometimes things fall through the cracks. Um, but what I try and tell all those mums who want to work and those mums who are working is that you know guilt is such a wasted um uh, energy and idea you've just got to take your children on the journey with you mm. um and so for me uh you know when I'm building spas we go once a week and we go walk the floor yeah and I have them see oh well mommy's here yeah but wasn't a pool now there's a pool with no water which is weird and now we're swimming in the pool that Mummy made and so I'm just mindful that yes. you know Um, If you if you if you if you are working and you want to work and you're very busy, it's just, you know, um, a a school teacher once told me, just take the kids on the journey with you. Take them to work as often as you can so they can contextualize what you do. And so when you do leave them and you do go away and you do work so hard and you do miss things, they
0: actually understand. They get it. And they're proud of you. If you've made it to the end, thank you so much for listening to this episode and any other previous episodes you've tuned into. We hope you are left feeling inspired and empowered this International Women's Day and will continue to champion female empowerment and gender equality with us in the coming days, weeks, months and years. If there's an inspiring woman you'd love to hear me chat to on Mecca Talks, please leave a review with their name to let us know. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mecca Talks. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your favourite podcast app and you'll be notified as soon as our next episode becomes available. Don't forget to rate, review and share this episode with your friends.